She's back. She back. She back, baby, big oh, time. Oh, she back. <laughs> it, it left a, a gaping hole in my work day, filled by producer oh. Jono eventually. You guys held the fort spectacularly. Although you missed out on some snack chat. That's what I was going to talk about. <laughs> I'm a bit upset and hurt that you would do such a thing. When Jono first pitched that idea and I was like, oh, she going to be mad. And <laughs> She's not going to let this I, go. And I couldn't do anything about it because I, I heard it. On the podcast, obviously, for the first time. Go on then. You must have been. You would have been listening to it, simmering with resentment, um, mm. uh, practicing what you were going to say. So mm. here you go. The floor is yours. The only answer to Air New Zealand's snack quest mm-hmm. is just a, a bigger bag of Mexicano corn chips. <laughs> but you chucked it up on the Insta. Did people reply? Yeah, they did. What do we got? Uh, ben got in touch with us and said potato fritters. Controversial, call that one. Sog factor. Sog factor. Yeah. Stacey said gummy bears, uncontroversial. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty easy to manage. Well, they used to do jet planes, didn't they? Yes, and the little plastic things, yeah. Mm. Uh, here's a name that you won't recognise, Imogen. Nikki Wells. Oh, I wonder who she is. <laughs> Hi, Mum. <laughs> what did Mum have to say? She said uh, mints and cheese pies and cheese rolls mm. as well. Oh, cheese rolls. Yeah. yeah. Can you cheese. tell we're related? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lulu says beef jerky and peanut slabs. I hope there was an or. I don't know how I feel about beef jerky and a peanut slab, but I do love beef jerky and then I do love peanut slabs. <laughs> so those are both also very great options. Amazing. We're going to solve your New Zealand's problem. We'll send them off to them and uh, we'll see what they have to say over the weekend maybe. Anyway, kia ora, this is Newsable, I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen and this is what's worth talking about. Workplace bullying is in the headlines, so how are you meant to deal with it if it's happening to you? And we've all been cutting cakes wrong our entire lives, apparently. We've got a game-changing life hack to make the most of every crumb. A front-runner for the US presidency is going to war with, of all places and things, Disney World. And the worst side hustle in history, which could land someone in prison for 10 years. We've got all of that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Bullying in the workplace. It's one of those things that's easy to joke about, and we joke about producer Jono bullying us all the time, but we probably shouldn't because if you're actually a victim of workplace bullying, it can be one of the most horrible and dispiriting experiences, something that really makes your life a misery. The highest profile case in this space right now, of course, is an investigation going on within the Green Party. But we are not going to be talking about that specifically today. We are going to talk about workplace bullying more broadly because it's one of those things where it can be a bit tough to figure out if it's actually happening to you if you've never experienced it before. Bevan Catley is a professor at Massey School of Management and a former board member of the International Association on Workplace Bullying and Harassment, and he's with us now. Hey, Bevan. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for inviting me. First up, can you explain what workplace bullying is, but also what it isn't? Okay, so what distinguishes bullying from other concepts of ill treatment is that it is repeated, it's unreasonable, it's targeted at an individual, and that behaviour is unwelcome. Bullying is all about the repetitions. It feels even like there's been a lot of scrutiny on workplace bullying over the past five, ten years. Maybe it's just me, this is as long as I've been in the proper workforce, but we still do get cases popping out of the woodwork constantly. 
do you feel like the problem is getting better or worse, or is it just like a human thing that some people like to do to some people? What we do know and what we have found from any number of studies that we've done and colleagues have done and, and agencies like the Human um, Rights Commission is that, you know, we, we find sort of 15, 17, 20 percent of uh, a population has been bullied. What is pretty consistent amongst a number of those studies is that there is a good chunk of people out there who are being exposed to unreasonable behaviour that is having a detrimental impact on their life. You know, it is a serious problem that does have serious consequences. Bullies aren't cool. They've never been cool. But why do people bully? As a researcher in 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 a business school, what we're more interested in is the role of the workplace. (laughs) And so... Um, undoubtedly, you know, personality and, and that psychological side, if you will, plays a plays a role. But um, it's now, you know, pretty reasonably firmly established in the research literature that the way work is organised, managed, and led also plays a big role in you know, the the causes of workplace bullying. This might seem like a bit of an obvious question, but if you feel and think you are being bullied at work, what should you do about it? Okay, so I think the first thing would be to talk to someone, someone that you trust, someone whose opinion, um, you know, you respect, to give you some perspective on what is happening to you in, in, in your in your in your workplace and in, in your um, interactions with your colleagues the second thing would be to um, you know to talk directly to that person it is possible that that person may not be aware of the impact that their what they think is good humored you know side splitting banter is having on you the other key piece of advice as if the um, potential bullying is, con- is continuing, is to keep a record. Because mm. what you want to establish, if you do need to make a, a complaint, is that pattern, right? Remember, bullying is all about this repeated behavior. And often the behaviors can seem, in another context, quite reasonable. Mm. Uh, they can seem like all ordinary organizational behaviors. But in, uh, you know, in a particular context where they're unwelcome and they're, they you know, can cross that threshold into unreasonable. So you want to keep a record. So you want to be able to establish that pattern of behaviour. Often large organisations also have a contact person like a harassment uh, officer or someone like that. You can talk to them. Mm. But if the behaviour continues, then that's where you need to consider um, escalating it to a formal complaint. Super interesting stuff. Um, really helpful, actually. Really useful for a lot of people, I think. Even Kat Lee, it's, it's been great having you on. Really appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you very much. Pivot is always here on Newsable, as many of us know. Every so often, a video comes along on TikTok and changes our lives forever. Yes. I mean, you know, you have to keep an open mind as an adult, don't you, Mo? And I will concede that the video in question has made me really ponder a lot of things in my life. Mm. Um, mm. Mainly, cake cutting. I feel like I've been cutting cakes wrong my whole life. Instead of cutting down into a cake, if you cut in from the side, you won't have any of those cake crumbs dragging through the frosting, so you'll have a cleaner slice and you're gonna look like a total baking rock star. So this guy is saying you gotta cut your cake from the edge inwards, so sideways, with the tip of your knife on the plate or the board or whatever, and then go in that way. And he says that doing that will give you a nice, clean slice of cake with no crumbs. 
crumbing yeah. everywhere. It's like vertical, right? Like vertical and then going from the outside in towards the centre. It's wild. Anyway, here to confirm or deny whether or not this really is the best way to cut a cake is cake and baker extraordinaire, Kate Breslin from Wellington's Tomboy Bakery. Kia ora. Hello. All right, settle this for us once and for all, if you could. Is cutting the cake sideways, holding the knife vertical and cutting towards the centre of the cake, is that indeed the best way to cut a cake, in your opinion? So, um, look, it's a new one for me. I did look at the video. You know, the first thing he was sort of talking about was the fact that he didn't want to get crumbs. But what he did do is, as he pulled it in and pulled the knife up, he had the cake crumbs in the centre of the cake. So he still got the cake crumbs. It's either you get them on the top middle bit or the bottom corner bit. Mm. But I reckon that method would work well for something like a cheesecake or something that's sort of more cold and set. It looks like an arm workout. Yeah, I and I would just be inclined to just go straight through the whole thing. Yes. If it was me and that cake, I would put my knife, I would have a hot <laughs> dry knife and I would always start at the center and it's got to be a sharp knife go straight down and you kind of shimmy it along and then you just flip it down at the end and then you pull it out clean and then you always clean your knife with each cut it's an art because some people say you cut slabs like rectangular slabs and then cut those up and then those people who do that insist that that is the best yeah, way but to they're psychopaths well, I think they? it depends on the cake again like if you've got a like if you've got a very soft cake with a very soft icing you're going to drag the icing right through the cake whereas if you've got a set cake like a cheesecake or some kind of cake that you've chilled or it's you know, it is set. You're going to have a better result going straight down with a hot knife. It's the dragging. I get it. I get what he's trying to say, but he still had the cake crumbs on the top. Kate, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. The United States of America... The beloved USA has its fair share of problems in 2023, but I don't think many people would have predicted a presidential frontrunner going to war with Mickey Mouse as being one of those problems of 2023. Republican Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is taking a metaphorical flamethrower to Disney World as part of his war on woke. And Emil is our resident war on woke expert. (laughs) For today, more like Disney World expert. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. I might. Yeah. I might be. Mm. I mean, yeah, questioning but, the wisdom um, of this one now. <laughs> what are we talking about here? There are so many Disneylands and Disney Worlds. It's hard to keep. Yeah, track good of. point. Okay, that's right. We should establish the seating here. So, uh, Disney World. Disney World is this um, sprawling complex near Orlando, Florida, and it was developed in the late '60s, I think, by Walt Disney himself. It is huge. We are talking like 27,000 acres, uh, four theme parks, two water parks, 40 hotels. There are golf courses. 
Uh, there's a camping resort. It's just ridiculous. Just waiting for you to stop. <laughs> it's Vegas <laughs> for kids out there, honestly. Uh, and 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 it's and this is a crucial point. It's very important to the state of Florida and the economy. It employs it's one of the biggest employers there. I think about seventy five thousand people are employed at Disney World. And so, what's all this about Disney World having a special status? This is this is the wacky thing about all this, right? So since nineteen sixty seven, the Disney World complex, the twenty seven thousand acre complex, has had a special tax status, um, which basically means it can kind of function like um, its own municipal government. This uh, this special status basically means Disney World gets to approve its own planning and its own construction permits. It can levy its own special taxes. Uh, it can generate some of its own electricity. And uh, in doing so, in, in having this special status, it saved millions and millions and millions of dollars over the years uh, in fees and in taxes and so on and so forth. So explain the war then with Ron DeSantis and Disney World. Okay, so this, like so many issues in American 2023, goes back to this um, fighting over, quote, wokeness. So earlier this year, DeSantis, who's who's a really, he's a hard right governor, um, the hard right Republican governor of Florida, he signed into law a bill that basically prohibited some elementary schools from teaching about sexual orientation or gender discrimination in the classroom, um, which is known as the Don't Say Gay bill. And the Disney chief executive, under pressure from Disney staff came out and publicly said they thought this was a bad bill. And Ron DeSantis does not like getting criticised. So he has been on the warpath since then about Disney being this disgraceful woke company. And this, I guess, is a way to get back at them. I, I suppose that, that, that kind of that really does seem to be the motivation is sort of like a childish schoolyard squabble. So he's threatening to take away this or, th- or attempting to take away this special status status. Is it going to happen? So Disney World has been around so long that it has kind of it's accrued its own public debt. You know, it carries like a billion dollars in debt. It has its own public services. It has its own fire force and and and, and police people who work there and row maintenance crews. And so, if it lost its special status, other counties in Florida would have to pick up the tab oh. for these services. That means more taxes and for a hard right Republican small government uh, governor. That is not a great look. So instead, what he's done. Is, is a bit more nefarious. He's taken control of a board that oversees all of the development and services at Disney World. And has this board of his done anything? Not not yet, uh, but it is suggesting legislative changes that would pretty much neuter Disney's special status. It's like a lawyer's <laughs> way around actually doing it. Uh, he's also proposing a couple of novel ideas that Disney's not too happy about, most notably building a literal prison right next to the theme park, just out of spite. Here's what could be the worst side hustle fail of all time. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm looking forward to what you're about to say. An Air National Guardsman in the US has been arrested and charged after applying to be a hitman on a fake hitman hiring website. Okay, two instant observations on this. I love that he had to apply to be a hitman, (laughs) implying that there is an application process, and B, I love that there are fake hitman (laughs) websites where you can hire a hitman. Like, of course it makes sense. But like, both of these, both of your comments actually play into what I was going to tell you about next. Oh, delightful. So for context... We should do this for a living. We should do this for a living. Uh, For context, uh, for those of you who don't know, aka me about five minutes ago, uh, the Air Uh National Guard is a military force in the US and it provides things like tactical airlifts, 
rescue and recovery support, but it also, according to the internet, provides general purpose fighters. So this guy Mm. works for the Air National Guard and he must fall into that general purpose fighter category because when he applied Mm -hmm. to be a hitman and asked for a hitman contract, according to overseas (laughs) uh, media outlets, he indicated he was an expert marksman and when he didn't hear back, he kept following up with the site. He followed up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it really was an application process that he had to go through. And then he eventually agreed to kill someone for 5000 US dollars, only to find out it was an undercover FBI agent who had been sending his applications to. What would your side hustle be if you were to be hustling on the side? Oh, um, yeah, mine's a pie in the sky side hustle. Uh, a friend of mine mm-hmm. was telling me that she she lives in Sydney. She works from home three days a week. So on those three days a week, she works from home. She's a pet sitter. She only ever looks after one, mm-hmm. but she'll look after a dog that day. And she's got a backyard, so she has the dog there, throws toys while doing emails and things like that. So my side hustle, I need to figure out how to make this work, is I want someone to pay me to hang out with Bean all day because it's my favourite <laughs> thing to do. So surely there's a way to monetize it. What about you? Uh, I think the most realistic one for me would be writing smart. Two things. Under a pen name. Under a pen why, name. Uh, do I want to know why pen it would Island. be realistic? Are you already uh, writing you smart? No. <laughs> why did you say realistic? Well, actually, you'll never know. You'll, <laughs> I you'll won't. Know, oh, my you? gosh. Is even the, this is your lemony snippet, yeah. is it? I would definitely do it under a pen name. Um, and, yeah, I would be like New Zealand's Nora Roberts. Smart is also know? a great word. That was my second thing I was going to bring up. Great word. Great anyway. Word. Yes. Smutty. Smut. Smutty. Smut. you got to get really in there. Hmm. Let's ask our listeners what they would do for a yeah. side hustle or whether they have indeed had side hustles and what the best ones were and the worst ones as well. Um, head to our Instagram page, newsable.nz, uh, or send us an email, newsableatstuff.co.nz. Anyway, that is Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us across all your social channels as well at NewsableNZ. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a follow on your favourite podcast player. And while you're there, leave us a review. Do not describe us as smutty. No smut in the reviews, please. No smut. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support.